Hey everybody, welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. And I'm Banana Zing Zang. Banana Zing Zang. Special guest. I'm Vanessa Ragland. Oh, hi Vanessa Ragland. This is why people are calling me a drunk woman on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair, you have a helmet on that has two bottles of peach schnapps in it. It's little a straws. Yeah. It's just what's happening in fashion. <laughs> it, it's, it's definitely big in Paris Fashion Week. I gotta tell you that. Yeah, I go every year. Caps with booze. That's mm. the thing. Thank you guys for coming to the show. Uh, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. We got a great okay. guest today, by the way. If yes. you guys have listened to like radio, uh, he's amazing. He's a pioneer. Um, and so he's amazing. He's a real pioneer on the Oregon Trail. That's and right. We've got him here to tell us about oxen and feed. <laughs> and he, even though he kept shooting rabbits, just shoot one buffalo. That's all you got to do. <laughs> it's a much harder decision. Plenty of meat. They're slow. Yeah. yeah. Too mad. All those kids died of dysentery, but that <laughs> oh. happens. I'm telling you. Anyways, Phil Hendry uh, is going to be here momentarily, yes. and uh, he's fantastic. So I'm really looking We're forward really to that. We're really to have him. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping. If you like the show, go to iTunes. You can leave us a review. It helps us to get featured. You just go on there. You search Pop My Culture Podcast. Write a review. Click five stars. You don't even have to write many words. <laughs> right. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yep. Uh, you can email us. Info at popmyculturepodcast.com. We read them all. We'll write you back. Guest suggestions welcome, or just say hello, or anything. Anything you want. I'd like to hear from you guys. Sometimes it feels like you're podcasting in a vacuum. So, yeah. well, to be fair, we're in a giant uh, Hoover. We right are. Now. We are. Is a Hoover still a kind of vacuum? I think it is. I don't okay. think that those have gone. I'm not, I, I got to level with you. I'm not up to date <laughs> oh, on my uh, vacuum cleaner technology and current brands. Well, that sucks. Yeah, I know. Well, maybe Get it? Sucks. I saw. Oh boy. Okay. Oh boy. Phil Hendry, everybody. Yeah, he'll be here momentarily. <laughs> uh, also, we are primarily listener supported. That's right. If you go to our website, popmyculturepodcast.com, there's a donate button. There is a donate button. Any amount appreciated, we will give you a shout out on a future episode. We're doing actually a couple episodes back to back to back to back, yeah. which is pretty crazy. So uh, at some point, we'll uh, catch c- up c- compile everything. stuff and catch up on everything. So apologies if you've donated and you haven't heard in a little bit. Because but. this was probably done in a different time. Right. What? Right. It's 1982. <laughs> We're going to release this any day now, though. Yep, yep. Probably. If you're hearing this, it's been released. <laughs> it's the Kraken of podcasts. <laughs> uh, anyways. Let's uh, get to our guest, shall we? Okay, great. All right, here we go. Bye, bye, bye. Uh, our guest today is, he's an actor, he's a voiceover artist, and, well, he's a pioneer on radio. Uh, Phil Henry is here, everybody. Welcome. I heard pioneer, and all I thought was something slapstick. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't compute the other way, but I heard, of, <laughs> I heard soupy sales in a pie in the year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like a pie in the year. In a pie in the year, yeah. All I think of is Conestoga wagon. Like, I don't think yeah. anything right. other than just, when like, people say getting pioneer. dusty out yeah, there. I think wagon train. You're you not the- dusty at all. You look very uh, fresh. You didn't see me about a half an hour ago. I ran out of gas in the 405. And, so oh, sorry. Boy. Thank you, AAA, by the way. Good people. Uh, this know. episode is being sponsored by, by AAA. AAA. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be better timing. <laughs> I, tipped, I tipped the guy 20 bucks, and he's like, you don't have to do that. Oh. I said, oh, okay, and I began to take it away, and then he went, well, you know. And grabbed, <laughs> no, he didn't, he didn't do that at all. He said, no, sir, you really don't have to do that. I said, you know what, you're a working man unlike me. So, <laughs> It is so, those people don't realize, maybe they do, how much of a lifesaver they are. Yeah, and, they, and this cat had a great attitude. I mean, they could roll up on you and go, so, need gas, huh? Yeah, I do. Well, let's just talk about that. You know, <laughs> I, yeah. Instead, this guy was just like, you know what happens to us, sir? It's going to be okay. You take your time. You know, they really make you feel better. And, and I'm late for you guys. And, uh, of course, it was the biggest goof in the world because I'd, uh, I was in Irvine last night working at the Improv. Great people there. Thank you very much, Irvine mm-hmm. Improv. And then I rolled out this morning on my way up to see Colton and, and uh, Vanessa, Vanessa, darling, Vanessa. Ed, edit the pause. <laughs> and Colin, Vanessa. And... Um, Suddenly I'm out of gas, man, because I Oof. forgot about that little light-up thing, you know, the uh, the gas thing, and uh, it sucked. And I, I mentally went back to 25, because that was the last time I ran out of gas. <laughs> right. So I saw myself walking to a gas station and like, wondering where am I going to get the gas can, and I suddenly realized, no, I'm a responsible I'm adult now. I'm a grown-up now. now. And I pulled out Just my triple A. Yeah. That's where you get, the new, you get that new car that runs on carrots, man. It's good. Uh, you just true. keep some carrots in the back. More coal or wood. Right. 
A wood-burning wood car. car. Did you guys ever see, because I sort of do this because I'm really weird, but I look at old documentary footage, old of the old Signal Corps film footage at the end of World War II, and our troops are in Germany, and they're moving this way, and there's a lot of German refugees going this way, and every now and again you would see a car running on wood. Really? Yes, yes. And I'm going, it's 1945, and these were German refugees. Most of them were military but they had a car converted to wood. Now, Whoa. go and look. Crazy. You can see this online. You can look at the, um, the uh, archives, the Spielberg archives has it. It blew me away, you know, um, that they're running on wooden coal. I mean, There's it, like a little person in the back of him. <laughs> yes. Shovel shovel. And there was a smile, I guess, like the end of World War II and all that, that weird, terrible, horrible stuff. Is, and they've reverted back to being just watchmakers and toy makers. Yes. Hi, hello, I'm Hans, you know. <laughs> and uh, you see, and, and the, Amer- the Yanks are going... Wow, what it is, you know? Uh, look at this thing. Yeah, it's, see, it's you put the wood here, and, uh, oh, thank you, cigarette, you know? Whoa. I'm telling you the truth. They should bring it back. Introducing the new Pontiac Pine. <laughs> you know? Come on. Runs on timber. <laughs> That's right. Runs on your favorite redwood. Really but, popular uh, in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not we, so much we'll in Arizona. Repl- and we replant. There we go. There's the And angle. then they can do all that stuff that they used to do with, uh, like, the oil companies, you know? Can we talk about energy? You know, while Northwood's Pine does put all the wood into your car, we are replanting. Unlike what many comics like Paul Stratton and Phil Henry been saying on stage, satirizing what a bunch of bloodsuckers we are. <laughs> uh, it's always same, in other words, same bullshit at the end of the day. You know? Right, so. right. Forever. Well, speaking of things from the World War II era, this is a good, oh, great. great segue, sort of. <laughs> yeah. uh, Archie, the old Archie Andrews from the Archie Andrews comics, is getting rebooted. They Archie did. and Jughead and those guys? Yeah. Oh, wow. So they, they killed Archie off last year or whatever. There was this thing where they, he got shot and killed or whatever in the end of the series. Uh, oh they're God. rebooting you it. missed this? Um, I missed it You're totally. not keeping up with Archie? Yeah, no, right? <laughs> so they're, re- time. they're rebooting it. It's now taking place in the 21st century, so it's a modern Archie. And they've redone it, so now he's kind of like this hot, strawberry blonde kind of guy with kind of spiky hair. He's still got a couple freckles and stuff. I'm sorry, that kept I'm that. already having a hard time considering a hot, <laughs> strawberry blonde Archie. Like, what no, is... No, no, it, is that man a, a real good thing? thing. He's gay, he's gay. I got nothing <laughs> against it. It's, a, it's acceptable. It's a change. So they're, they're calling it... It's just going to be Archie number one. It's coming out in July and just Jug rebooting it. kind of wearing the thing. To, are they bringing back everybody? I, I, I was assume as much. It should be. You know, the girls wouldn't even have to change their looks because it's all like... Yeah, it's that's all, all retro. retro anyways, yeah. yeah. Ooh, those are well, When I first discovered Archie, I was like 12 or 13. So that was like the mid-60s, late 60s. And they already look kind of dorky because I never did get Jughead with the thing on his Yeah. Head. You know, the, I saw a guy dressed like that in Manning, South Carolina... Excuse us for a minute, and um, we're doing a podcast. Um, well, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, your dog just ate my friend. Um, but yeah, I uh, uh, I'm interrupting, aren't I? Should no, you no, the door. It's all good. That's probably a delivery. I'll go grab it. It might, really be, Sam, it might be Samuel Jackson, John Travolta, and then we've got. There's a shark oh, at the door. Oh, <laughs> might be somebody going like, "May I have a bite of your Kahuna burger?" <laughs> it was a package. Cole does a lot That's of online sweet. shopping. Oh. Sweet boy. Is that a boy or girl? Girl? It's a boy. What? Man, you a big boy. He's a big boy. Sorry about that, guys. Archie Andrews. Wait, you saw a real Jughead. I saw a guy in Manning, South Carolina. Our car, uh, what was it? Busted a spring. You know, my buddy Ron was driving. It's me. It Ron lost a log. Yeah, lost a little bit. Yeah, we, we ran out of pine. <laughs> and uh, we're driving south in the 95 in, uh, uh, from upstate New York on our way to another gig in Florida. This is back in the, the early days of radio. And we pull off, and we're in South Carolina. The reason why I knew is the sign said, but also the kid at the gas station. We go, kid, is there a gas? Well, if you go, how far is it? Will you go? Okay, thanks. Before you could get it out, we're gone. <laughs> we get to the mechanic. The dude's got the floodwear overalls with what looked like one of those hats. I don't know whether it has something to do with oil on your head or. Well, because didn't Goober wear one? Uh... Goober wore one of those things yeah. too. Yeah, uh, Andy Griffith. Maybe it was. Maybe it was like something that uh, Flying A made you wear as a, as a franchisee or something. Wait, was another person Look for the man with Gomi? the funny hat. Huh? Was Gomi on? Gomer or- Pyle? Okay, Gomer Pyle. I was Gomer like, and Goober were buddies. They yeah, came from the same town. But I just, know. for a second, was like, Goober and Gomi. Those are weird. And oh. Jughead, what was happening? It, it's, it's called <laughs> We Lost the Civil War. <laughs> it's called We Lost the Civil War. Good people in the South, though. Totally different. Well, maybe not. I just... 
<laughs> excluding Alabama. Yeah, um, excluding uh, recent yeah, events. Recent events. But yeah, so I, I, I just wonder how they're going to reboot. Like, what are they going to do with Jughead? Is he going to be like Jarhead and he's a soldier? He just got, I don't know what's going Everyone's on. Everyone's just going to be a hipster, right? He'll still be the mechanic. He'll just have a jug of yeah. like micro brew something. Maybe, yeah, uh, what's the stuff we make now? Um, yucca, you know, tequila and lime juice. Or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's his uh, whole thing is he just like brews moonshine in his bathtub. And do, you guys read, do you guys read the Archie comics? I did when I was a kid a little I bit. I feel like Cole still does. I don't. I had. A I don't few. still do. <laughs> but the thing is, I think he might because we rec- we cover a lot of Archie news on the podcast. This past year, Archie we have reco- we've covered Vanessa, a lot of Archie. This is the news. second time you've talked about Archie in, in 172 episodes. Well, it feels like a lot. To when you me. Guys, I'll tell you, though, Archie was like there. You know, I read him. I think my even my sisters read him because I think even though they had Jughead and he was weird looking, everybody else was fairly contemporary. The issues were fairly contemporary. The kids looked funny. Archie still had a bow tie and a sweater, I think. He just was wrong. But then he was almost sort of prepped out for the time. Yeah. And, and who are the girls? Betty and Veronica? Veronica they yeah. still were hot, you know. They're timeless. Of. Yeah, they were timeless. But the one that was way, way out there was Gasoline Alley and stuff like that when I was a kid. You guys don't remember that. No, They what kept is that, that going to this. It was like from the 20s or something. It was, yeah. about, it was strictly 20s like stuff. Like Gasoline Alley, Cats and Jammer Kids. Cats and Jammer Kids, Moon Mullins. Yeah. That that scared me. And oh, the thing about those guys, mm. no no irises. Yeah, they were just Moon round. Mullins? Yeah, they were just round. Like the little orphan Annie, like just oh, empty holes. People. That's why, as a kid, isn't one of those girls still in the newspaper? Well, little Lulu. Yeah, little Lulu has eyeballs, so oh, she I can does. almost you know I can almost I'd be okay She's if my car broke down. Most slightly more humanized at her house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if Moon Mullins came out of his house with no irises, just the the eyes, uh. I, I'd 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 just run into the woods and hide. But. There's like a, I had one of those hand-me-down board games that when I was a kid, there's like a trivia game, but it was like super dated. Like all the stuff was written like, I don't know, late 70s, early 80s or whatever at the time. And I just remember there'd be comic strip questions and half of the answers were Cats and Jammer Kids. Like oh, that's wow. yeah. how I would just start guessing that. Cats yeah. and Jammer Kids? Oh, yeah. Can you spell <laughs> what you're saying for me? Cats, yeah. Cats and Jammer, and Jammer and Kids. It's K-A-T-Z-E-N-J-A-M-M-E-R. I oh, think. Yeah. one thing? That's a German like Cats and Jammer. Cats and Jammer Kids. German kids who came to America? America or I they know. Oh, remember. it's the cats and jam. The other one, yes. the other one that was weird for Mike, it was Dondi. Not Gandhi. Don, no, no, D O D O N D I. He was a little, just, just gorgeous little <laughs> dark-haired kid, right? And I there he was every day in the comics, and he's just like, "Hey, Dondi," you know. And he's like, "Well, maybe we can go and look at this stuff." And I said, "Who? Get out of here!" You know, I, just, I wanted to tear. I, I would burn the newspaper. <laughs> Came, come to find out, Dondi was an Italian orphan. After the war, adopted by some GI family, and now he's in America, and that's who Dondi was. I had no Wait, clue. in real life? In the, or, or the, in the comic. Okay. Yeah. The comic story. It started out, he was an Italian kid adopted, he's brought to America, and he's just all kind of being Italian and cute in America. The thing I never understood were like the serialized ones, or like it'd be three panels, Weird. and not much would really happen. Like yeah. the Mary Worths or. What? Yeah. I said Prince you. Valiant? Oh no! That's, yeah, that's, that's like all it was. It day. was like nothing, mm-hmm. huh? Tom's late from dinner. <laughs> that's weird. I wonder where he is. Next dot dot. dot, dot, dot tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry, I was late. There was traffic. Really? Mm-hmm. Is really? food the, is the food done? Yeah. Dot dot mm-hmm. dot. What's that on your pants? Dun dun dun. <laughs> no. Just a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Even that's like, why Family Circus does it right. It's one panel. I love We em. all get it. Love em. We all get it. Grin and Barrett. <laughs> what was the other one? Dennis the Menace. Yep. Uh, should just be like that. Your commitment should be three to five panels, period. That's right it. And I shouldn't have, have to, like, buzz yeah. at the end. I, I mean, the guy was, you know, Gary Larson, where are you? We need you. Yeah, you yeah, know? for oh. sure. And I mean, Farside was, yeah. when that came into my life, I was, this is everything I've ever needed. And then the cat retired, you know, and I was, why? He probably did it the right, do you know Gary Larson? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. I've got all oh, yeah. the Farside. Farside is so wonderful. He just decided, okay, I'm done. And he and he was serious. He's done. It's been yeah. like 30 well, years. Him and Bill, Bill Watterson, Watterson that's for what I was Calvin and thinking. Hobbes, he's just like. Which which one is his? Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, yeah. And he cranked out so much, and then he like what? wanted to basically be anonymous. He would never. Yep. Do it again. There's a documentary about There's him. There's a doc, yeah. Um, that's pretty good, but it. I mean, it's a well-done documentary, but it just is sad because you don't get to see Bill Watterson. Um, he didn't want to be a part of it. Yeah, exactly. He just doesn't. He doesn't want to be a part it's of it. so weird. Yeah, but he made what he wanted to make, and then he wanted to be done, which is, like, kind of beautiful. It's refreshing, man. Yeah. yeah, it really is. It's somebody who says, no, 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 a thousand times no, you know. I, did you read Catherine Hepburn's just, I don't want to get off, because I wanted to mention Gahan Wilson, you mm-hmm. know, Gahan Wilson's mm-hmm. stuff? To me, he was a genius, and I guess he's still making stuff. 
But I read the Catherine Hepburn's autobiography, and it was really funny yeah, because. Did you read it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she. Do you remember at fan. the end Love when it. Michael Jackson comes in and wants to meet Greta Garbo? In what world? What? And, and she says to him, "Yes, Mike. Absolutely not, Michael. You know, <laughs> this is like the nineteenth time he's bugging Catherine Hepburn to meet Greta Garbo." Now, you know. you know who helped Catherine Hepburn write that book was Tiny Catherine Hepburn. Oh, hello. Who, hello there. <laughs> who lives in my pocket and pops up on this podcast every once in a while. She's a recurring person. Huh? She is. Yeah. 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 She's what was young. it like uh, helping Kate write that memoir? Oh, you know, I just held the pen and tried to move it around. It was quite a workout. <laughs> All right. Back in the pocket. <laughs> we do that way too much. No, yeah, usually just for. I had a friend of mine who likes to do that, but she was embarrassed to do it because she got into the full physicality of yeah. the, uh, the Hodgkins or what right. Parkinson's, you know, and uh, they're strawberries, Norman. You just yeah, bend yeah, over and, and take them up. <laughs> you combine the hot with the cold. <laughs> I um, was always fascinated by her relationship with Spencer Tracy. Like it was one of yes. these great love affairs. And oh yeah, he's married, but let's not talk about that. Yeah, so <laughs> it's so sad. Yeah, very um, sad. His wife would quote unquote. His wife would would not divorce him. him because of their Catholicism. Right. But it's, it was publicly yeah. uh, carrying on with the woman. You it know, was, if you scandal. were if you were Catherine if you were Catherine Hepburn's wife. Yeah. And, no, well, if you're Spencer Tracy's, <laughs> you're Tracy's wife, and that stuff is happening. What do you? And there's all this stuff about what a wonderful love affair they have. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, to think about it from each of those people's perspectives, except for Spencer Tracy, who's <laughs> kind of getting what he wants from the deal. Right. Those women, what a horrible position to be in. Like to never be good enough to be the person he's married to in one. In way, one sense, yeah. And in the other sense, to be. Like just publicly scorned because you won't give your husband a divorce. The person that decided to marry you and who's now having an affair. And, and, and you're the, the father of your guy. children. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really sad. A lot of those great love affairs. Like I got a book of the great love great affairs, love affairs right that really like, weren't art, artist artist love affairs. There's a book. There's a book right there. Great love affairs that really weren't. I mean, that's basically this book. I can't remember the name of it, but it's all artists' affairs. Yeah. And. Um, when I was first reading it, I was because I love them. Like I romanticize them, and whenever two great artists in any medium get together, it's like so exciting to think about that sure. they found each other. But every time, it's real nasty. Like yeah. when you find about all the addictions behind there, or like the lovers left in the sidelines, or the way it ended, or it's the like, violence. Yeah, you know, it's like it wasn't really. It was great for about half of that. <laughs> it, it was. It was. It was. What are they? It was great in concept. Yeah, they both probably thought, "Hey, this is a great idea." You're not. Who was right. it? Diego Garcia and uh, the great uh, woman Frida. Frida. Yeah. What's her last name? Kahlo. Because oh, yeah. my uh, any woman I've ever known in my life worships her. You yeah. Know? And it should. Um, but those two didn't even live in the same house, I don't think. And yeah. they were married. And didn't they have like a tumultuous, Very like, much so. violent yeah. on both sides? And he also cheated on her. Yeah. You know? and I don't know, man. We, we've had this ongoing discussion now with friends of mine and I about artists, about people that you admire and realize that really they're douchebags in their real life. And yeah. you have to just accept that. Jack Kerouac, who I idolize as a writer... Was a scumbag. Yeah. You know, his daughter Jan had to hitchhike to St. Petersburg to ask permission to use the family name. You oh know, my he, gosh. He abandoned her. He was a little mama's boy. You know, he. Yeah, some and people then, like, are Woody just Allen really terrible. All these yeah. people that Woody thinks, Allen, all of that you stuff. Know? I have to say. I remember when I met Phil Hendry, and I was and like. Now you know. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh. The things I do behind closed doors, like. Run out of gasoline. <laughs> Run out of gas behind closed doors. Who does that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I don't want to. So, you know, they want to meet you sometimes. They'll say, you know, that we want to meet our favorite artists. I don't know if I do anymore. No. You know, because just it's tough, man. They say never meet your heroes, and that's for a reason. I mean, for, granted, yeah. there are some, you know, I've met a lot of my There's comedy so heroes through my festival, yeah. and almost all of them have turned out to be amazing, you know? But every once in a while, there's somebody that's just, like, not that great. If you can just talk business or talk shop with them, talk art with them, that's great. Yeah. Yes. Sit down, oh, man, I, let's just talk about comedy, talk about writing. But if it becomes like you're a friend of mine, and then you see him, like, throwing his cat off right. the freeway or something, you just... <laughs> You know. Well, to be fair, that cat was an <laughs> asshole. That's true. What a jerk. <laughs> Needed to go on a diet. It's like, it's like a fav- the famous interview with Ty Cobb, which I guess you're all familiar with. Li- Ty Cobb was I'm not. a terrible monster Old of a person. Time, yeah. Like Old the time. worst. Exactly. And the Life magazine reporter finally found Ty Cobb in 1960. He's now long retired from baseball. And it turned out everything they said about Ty Cobb was true. That he was just an absolute. It was fr- it, the, the reporter. A violent, writes, racist. Yeah. 
totally asshole. Violent. He's happy he survived the weekend staying with him. I mean, at one point they were Whoa. going down a mountain road at 90 miles an hour. Oh, They, my they did a movie version with Tommy Lee Jones, Jones. played him, and, yeah. you know, that's about right. Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's a, he was a Detroit Tiger for a long time, oh, which really? is my team, so like that's, I, was, I was always into that. And a great but, player. Yeah, an amazing player. Like, one yeah. of the most versatile, like, could do everything yeah. on a baseball Steel. diamond. Yep. Yep. And, but uh, off of the and, diamond, but went, into, the went into the stands after a guy in a wheelchair and beat him up. Didn't no. care. Yeah, the guy yep. was saying, "You know what, Cobb? You and your mama can just..." Oh yeah, oh. Boom, boom. Boom. sharpened oh. the cleats to a fine spike when he slid into second base, so he could really nail a guy. He'd slide in high on purpose. Slide in high and spike Whoa. a guy so he could spike him. Uh, yeah, there was a terrible. story. Look at villain. Yeah, I had, a, yeah. I had the front oh, yeah. page of the New York Times at a hundred years of the front page, and which I absolutely love. And I just like, there's a front page story about Ty Cobb, like 1920 or something. Ty Cobb arrested in Detroit. Turns out, <laughs> maybe they were just loving these stories by then. His wife came home from the grocery store in Detroit and said, "The guy at the grocery store is a real asshole." He gave. Oh, is that right? Went down, beat the hell out of the grocery store guy. Oh my gosh, cheated on his wife three times on the way home? (laughs) Yeah, if you could think of something terrible that he hadn't done yet and told him, you'd be like, I'm on it. Yeah, I'm right on (laughs) it. Let me get right on that. I don't know how that fell through the loop. I don't know how I forgot about that. So I I guess we owe Ty Cobb that debt of a, at least that much of a a debt of gratitude in that he he let us know who he was, you know, and uh, didn't bullshit. Yeah, oh yeah, he definitely was who he was. <laughs> he was a real was no, I ain't buying him a drink. He you know? didn't even try to pretend that he was a good guy. Yeah, right. It's like yeah. he knew he was a shithead. So. He was probably like pre-celebrity in that sense. Yeah. He probably didn't get it. That if I acted better, I could have, although he was a filthy rich guy by the time But it died. sounds like he would have been uh, thriving now in this culture where we celebrate and expose everyone's negative, like yeah. all the reality people. Well, yes and no, though, like, because like everybody loves to like... If you say something, if you tweet something weird or like that's a little off-putting or off-color, mm-hmm. they'll crucify you mm-hmm. for it. So I don't think he could get away with the majority of the stuff he did. No, but if you think about people like Chris Brown that are monsters that also have are really talented at yeah. something, that, yeah. that kind of somehow generate a huge following, even of women, that like celebrate the quote-unquote bad boy thing, which is really just an abusive bad person. That's right. Thing. <laughs> but you guys, I mean, you guys, women want to... They want to correct. They want to, what does it, save a guy like that? Yeah. There's this never-ending thing in women that they think they can change a guy I'm so like glad that. I was not born with that you gene. You did not I'm have like, that gene. go to jail. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I think there's a, that's a little bit of a fantasy, especially if he makes music that makes you just, you know, transports you and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah that's I mean, the hard thing. If somebody's, if you really respect their art, like you love what they do, but then you find out that they're terrible. Right. It's like how, Interbuilt can you, can Cosby? you compartmentalize yeah. it? Can you or separate should you? it? Should or you? should you? Yeah. Am I supposed to like, I like Roman Polanski's movies. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know he got arrested. The stuff he did was not good. Yeah. But I can't not like his movies. What am I supposed to do? You know, like, and especially since like it's not like he's just like an artist who made a painting. It's like right. he directed this film that hundreds of people contributed to and worked on, acted in, wrote, pr- like, all that true, stuff. Man. So that's like, really, really, it's all these people that made that artwork that just one person gets the primary credit for. So that really those cool. are harder for me because I'm like I'm, I have nothing against the first AD. I got nothing <laughs> yeah, against right. the craft people. service yeah, people, yeah, the yeah. makeup people that made yeah. it, the actors who did it. Like, I think it's sort of similar. We we've kind of talked about this before, but like Roman. Plansky and Woody Allen, who I do like both of what they do, they also were like flying their flag of who they were in their work. Like, watch Manhattan. Like, Ain't it the truth, You know, it man. was just out there and we loved what, we loved watching it, like, yeah. in that way. Wait a minute, what are, why are you hanging out with this little girl and showing your, oh, she's your niece, did he, was she his niece in the movie? Who was no. that little girl in Manhattan he kept hanging out with? His girlfriend. She's a little tiny oh, girl. Oh, the little Remember tiny her? girl. Is she um, a niece or something? He's like showing her movies remember. and taking her for Chinese food and talking, sharing his life with her, and it Ugh. used to creep me out. It's all creepy, and you know, I mean those. Well, now it creeps me out. Now that I know, but then I was fascinated by it. But now that I know, it's not cool to like him. Well, but it's like I, those uh, people are a different brand of creep <laughs> than Bill Cosby, who was peddling uh, a, he, an entirely idealistic kind of life, and then what's exposed is like. Oh, there was a lie underneath right. that. And yet I don't still know. I can listen to Bill Cosby's. My first albums, the first comedy albums I ever listened to were Bill Cosby That's and Jonathan so many Winters. That's people, yeah. I mean, Jonathan they're Winters, iconic, yeah. amazing Big time. That's back yeah. when comedy albums sold 
big. Yeah, I have. I mean, I have a wall right around the corner there. That's it's just a grid of of comedy records. Yeah. It's like my wall, and I had Bill Cosby's really funny fellow right up there. And then finally, I was I like to, to take ro- it down. I rotate. They rotate them through a little bit every once in a while, and yeah. I was just like, I think because maybe it's time. Maybe I'm gonna get that picture. So off. I pulled it off, and I put up a like. This is right after Robin committed suicide. So I put a Robin Williams oh, record oh, up because oh. I love him, and yeah. you know, um, but it was like the. The, the cover is just like Robin's face and it says Robin Williams. So I think that's why I didn't put it up initially because it wasn't that exciting was yeah. compositionally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did But hey, he didn't rape that. a bunch of women. Right. So you can have better placement. You know what's funny, Cole? Um, I was thinking this last night because I was doing a gig. I do mostly uh, sketches of characters. Mm-hmm. And I'm working at the improv. And the improv is not a theater. It's a comedy club. Yep. And so it's a tough... You know, there are some nights that it's great. And, and every night I have my fans there, but they're also dropping checks, and so there's a lot of talking, yeah. and you're doing this really, uh, you kind of have to pay attention, right? Um, sort of thinking, well, you know, I should be working more theater type stuff and less comedy club, but I'm listening to uh, Jonathan Winters, I'm listening to Lenny Bruce, I'm listening, all those guys, they didn't do jokes. You know, Jonathan Winters did a whole, like, movie soundtracks. Yeah. Bob yeah. Newhart doing the phone, that's not jokes. They're bits. Yeah, they're they characters bits. and they're bits. They're, yeah. It seems like there's a lot more. And there was that. narrative, too, you know? And, narr- and they're narr- narrating. Uh, they were funny. I mean, yeah. there probably were a lot more funny beats in them, more of like a comedy sitcom or something. Right. But, um, and then Steve Martin, guys like that. And I was thinking of Bill Cosby, the bit that he did, where he, the one that had me almost die, I was almost drove off the road, was when he had Novocaine. He had the, and uh, he had his tooth filled, and then he had Novocaine, mm-hmm. and he has to try to talk, and he's trying right. to talk. Right. It's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. There's nothing stand up about it. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Is like a lot of the. I, mean, I have a ton of those comedy records, and right. like my favorite ones are like the two Albert Brooks albums that were out because like it's just weird. It's Mel bits and uh, Albert Brooks. Oh, Albert. Oh. Like sending up like you know AM radio and all sorts yeah. of stuff that he did. It was just like brilliant. That I was just like it's so experimental but so funny that I, I don't know. I just wish there was more like that. You know. I think that I'm gonna focus more on that in the live stuff I do. Yeah. I'm going to focus more on a story as opposed to, oh, here's a character that Phil does that everybody knows, and it's really funny hearing her, his voice. Um, I, I think I've done enough of that, but for uh, an audience that doesn't know me, I want to try and work that in, because yeah. I know I can't just do stand... I'm not a joke teller, per se. Well, know? like, the couple times you've done Sketchfest, the last two times, right. and I've, I've been at those, and they've been amazing, and people should see you live if they have a chance because it's amazing to see you just like when we, when we initially booked you I was like what do you need tech wise you need a switching board like what do you like all this yeah. stuff and you're just like just a microphone and a stool and I was yeah. like really, that, really that's it Let's and a microphone it, yeah. and a stool yeah. that's all microphone <laughs> and a stool and I was like okay we do have a staff yeah, we, can, we can get you some things yeah, yeah, uh, what do you need you want something to eat buttons yeah. anything, yeah, anything yeah. and to just watch you go in and out of the characters and have these full on conversations with like yeah. multiple people is really impressive and just like just to see the recognition of the audience when you bring a character in you'd mm-hmm. say like a couple words and it would be like oh my god yeah, like that, that yeah. whole thing that was it's just really impressive yeah well thank you but i, I didn't I, thank you for that but i what i really am interested in doing though is bringing not bringing it back but i just want to bring more of that narrative storytelling you're talking about like the early bill cosby i don't know any comics that what are who are the comics that do it now are i mean i'm trying there to think, are it, i mean i feel like that's actually moved instead of to the more mainstream comics it is more on the alternative scene like there's a lot of great storytellers out there that yeah. are just hilarious in what they're doing and it's yeah. really personal but for some reason that used to be kind of center stage and now i feel like it's shifted to like what you see is people with tighter sets on comedy central and then at these alt shows you've got people doing like these 30 minute awesome right on yeah. And, yeah. yeah all the guys that i that i see getting a lot of the play are the just the regular joke telling guys yeah you know uh, when they run the when they run the uh the sizzle reel at the club before you go on it's all the joke guys yeah it's all about like our attention spans are shitty yep. and also like they're con- it's content you can mm-hmm. you can pull out bite-sized jokes that, that like take 15 sense, seconds yeah. and put a clip up somewhere and it's fine i think that's true man. no one no. has to look at something that's six minutes long right. and is a journey and it pays off and is lots of fun but you can't pull 30 seconds out of it and have it make really any sense right on and i think that's kind of the way the culture is shifted the, the environment is is also something that's interesting if you're in a car, you have time to sit and cruise and listen. Mm-hmm. So our podcasts do really well. Um, if I'm on stage, 
and I'm doing the exact same thing I'm doing in a podcast, it's not going to be the best possible presentation because there is a sort of a story going on and you have to listen. And meanwhile, you're looking at your wine. The, where's the drink? Oh, you have to get another food? drink. Yeah. Yeah, right. and, and here comes the... She's putting the check on you. Thank you very much. Hey, Bill. And next thing you know, you, you've lost the audience a little bit. So um, there's a medium there about pulling that together that I'd like to kind of look at. But we were talking about Cosby. And I can't say that he... You know, humor is a lie detector, man. Yeah. You're going to laugh... And you can't help it. Yeah. And people will say to you, oh, why did you laugh at that? That's sick. I, I'm sorry. I just did. Like, I didn't mean to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When the Santa Claus walked into a diner back in 89 with a shotgun and blew away two guys, mm-hmm. which was probably some mob hit, but the guy, the hitman, was dressed as Santa Claus. I laughed my ass off about that on the air, and I got all kinds of email and letters from people saying what a piece of shit I was, you know? Well, what do you want me to say? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Well, that's where a lot of your comedy comes <laughs> from, right? Yeah, public, like, public violence. Public, public, public violence. Outrage. Yeah, public yeah. outrage, in a sense. Because, well, like, like when, when you started out early on, when you... Uh, taking the phone calls from people. Yeah, taking like the phone calls and stuff like that, too. And then you would get people actually calling in mm-hmm. who were appalled, even not realizing that <laughs> you were the callers. Satire, yeah. Yeah, and that I, kind of thing. How did... How I think did, that was... I think the, 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 the real fun of that was being as absolutely absurd as you could be and see if you could bring people into that absurd world. And I got as far as this. I got as far as having them think the character was crazy. Nobody ever really bought the most extreme bit probably was that on Halloween, goblins and and werewolves will get sucked into the turbines of jets, and so it's not safe to fly. (laughs) And a guy (laughs) called, and this was the epitome of that great call that night, was a guy calling and saying, I would have a I would not have you on my flight deck. I'm a professional pilot and I would take you off my flight deck. Meaning you're insane. Yeah. Of course there's no goblins and witches. Right. But you're nuts. And that was fun too, because he's like and I can tell I think it was Art Griego, this character. And I can tell you that uh, it's just something we as pilots we've got to be aware of. I don't know if they exist either, Phil. Have you ever had a goblin get sucked in? I can't really say. It's something that you don't want to talk about. And then a guy calls you. You know what? I wouldn't even have you on my flight deck, man. You're not bullshitting me at all. You know, you're crazy. Not you're a fake voice that Phil's right. doing, or <laughs> that you're a comedy. Oh my yeah, gosh! You're not. And that is, that's what I call, you know, um, that's transcendent. That's like. That's not even radio anymore. That's like you're eavesdropping on something that just happened at a table near you. Yeah. Well, I was listening to, um, when you did Kevin Pollock chat show, like many moons ago. Yeah, three years ago, yeah. Um, But it was a great, it was a great interview, great chat with, like it's like two and a half hours. You guys should check it out. It's really (laughs) a lot of fun. But I really loved in the beginning when you talked about people have said that you're just like throwing banana peels out there mm-hmm. um, and watching the show down and your response is really good I don't know if you kind of remember that or yeah I, I think I said uh, that no no uh, we have a banana peel there and people see it and step on it yes and that's the difference you know between like say with great respect jerky boys are fan- funnier than fuck man you know but they're making a phone call to a guy who doesn't really know he's you know making right. breakfast he's mm-hmm. you know feeding his cat Whereas they're not calling the jerky boys. Yeah, they're not calling them up and saying, I want to engage you in what you're saying and debate you. And, you know, that's what we do. And that, that to me, was what, be, coming from a radio point of view, you know, being a host and really disliking talk radio but really wanting to satirize it. I, I said, well, uh, in fact, it started up in Ventura when a friend of mine said, I said, I'm not getting any phone calls because it's a small market. He goes, why don't you make up the care, you know, the I guess yourself. I said, okay, that's cool. That's a good idea. So, you know, I just, you know... Uh, yeah, Mr. Henry, uh, my name is Ed Woosney. I think there was a character named Ed Woosney who had been taken hostage by Saddam Hussein. It was at the beginning of the build-up of the Gulf War, mm-hmm. uh, which was 90. And uh, we were... What happened? I was tortured. I was tortured, and, uh, oh, God, my hand's shaking, but... What did he do? Uh, I had an American Express card, which has no limit on it, as you know. It's, uh, they would not honor that. Uh, they... <laughs> You know, and you maintain the, you know, the seriousness. And you get the phone call from the person who says, uh, I thought it's the opposite of the call that you usually get, which is, I thought you guys were serious, but now I, think you're, now I know you're kidding. We got the opposite call, which was, I thought you guys were kidding, but now I think you're serious. And so that's how that started. And, and it was an absolutely perfect hostile I you know I was so hostile I have very strong feelings about entertainment and what we could do with radio and what talk radio was doing with it in my opinion was just obscene mm-hmm. um, which is not about politics it's just about 
being original. Like, for instance, politically, I don't agree with Rush Limbaugh at all. But when Rush started out as an artist, as an on-air talent, he's, he was brilliant. You know, he was absolutely brilliant. He brought in a lot of comedy. He brought in this character. I am the authority. He had this fake edifice, the excellence in broadcasting. It was everything that theater of the mind is supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I appreciate good broadcasters, regardless of what their message is, if they're really giving me something that's entertaining to hear. So, like Randy Rhodes, I could disagree with Randy on any given day. She's a great storyteller. I love her. I think she's funny as hell. Stephanie Miller, the same thing. And those Rush and Stephanie, for right. me, it's about art. I can't talk to people about that because they don't get it. What are the things that were most upsetting to you about like radio? What were making you? Well, what was happening with radio is what, what has finally happened. They ha- we had a very, very bad uh, <clears throat> hierarchy. We had a bad management and, and money hierarchy in broadcasting which gradually narrowed everything and narrowed everything and narrowed everything, began excluding and throwing away anything that was of entertainment value until finally we were left with just talk radio as a platform for right-wing hacks. So they're not even entertainers, they're not even broadcasters, they're just guys that hate Obama. That's, yeah. a, that's, that's what we wound up with. And with it, it took the whole talk spoken word format into the toilet. Hmm. So what's left is sports radio and dwindling ad revenue and dwindling audience, and it's gone, man. I mean, I remember when I was like in in high school, I used to listen to these guys that were on Quad 106.5 out of Sacramento because I grew up in Davis mm-hmm. that had their own show, and they were really funny or whatever. But then what ended up happening is like Clear Channel bought everything, and then they just started putting Howard Stern on everything. Mm-hmm. So they would yank all the local things that you were, you know, had all a sensibility radio. like, and they would bring in like this New York sensibility mm-hmm. to the other coast that mm-hmm. was just like, I don't, I don't understand this at all mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. And just being like that just really saddened me, and I just kind of kept me away from radio. And then the then the playlist shrunk because it became right. like Clear Channel's like you're going to play these ten songs right over and over and over and over and over again. So every time I turn it on, it'd be the same stuff, and I just well, it just killed thing. radio for me. It was like the the guys that were entertaining and lived where I lived and sort of understood what people in this area like is important to them were gone. And yeah. I hear somebody three thousand miles away yeah. talking about like Robin, uh, what's going on with the, those tits over there? Like what? Yeah. I don't. There's nothing to me you know like that kind of stuff that just killed radio for me and i stopped listening and then thank god like podcasts came around so i could listen to things that i was like interested in podcasting is a trip man uh uh and and i by the way i i i totally agree with you cole i i i happen to think howard's a great talent and uh, if anybody deserves a national platform a guy like that howard stern is responsible for changing the face of uh, broadcasting even in the even in the uh, even to the chagrin of the very people that we're making money off him. It's really funny. It was a guy that I think he I think he created modern what modern talk radio could have been, and yet talk radio and radio in general hated his guts. But what you're saying essentially is true. It happened with me too, man. I grew up with KHJ Boss Radio in Los Angeles, real Don Steele, Robert W. Morgan. These cats were at the beach. They were giving away records. They were giving you know the yeah. summer was great. You know, they were riding around on a Mustang and and it was great to be a kid and it was great to listen to the radio. And then all of a sudden the playlist shrunk. And by the 70s, it happened for me. I saw the playlist because I was working in radio, man. I was playing these small lists. And then uh, they wanted to make more money by paying fewer talent. And uh, they did. And now they're paying even fewer talent, having people voice track things. And the end result has been the death of a medium. I yeah. mean, and I said that the other day on Twitter uh, to uh, someone. One of the radio consultants was blathering on about mm-hmm. something. Uh, about, here's what we need to... <clears throat> Radio needs to have a set. Let's explain Twitter. Wait a minute, man. This is 2014. Twitter's been around at least since 08. And now you're just getting around now to discussing the importance of social media. This is radio for you, man. Here's how to use your Facebook platform. Are you serious? Uh, I mean, let's get rid of CD long boxes. Yeah. They're not really essential. They're long. Hey, what about the online thing? What can we do with that? As recently as I can go on and on about, but as recently as last spring, who are the guys that run Cumulus? The Dickey brothers. Now, there's a good. And people would say to me right now, you know, Phil, you got to chill out. These guys have got the, what am I? They're going to hire me? No, you know. I mean, I, I feel I'm the I'm the original asshole talent. They're not going to bring me back. But the Dicky, I heard one of these jackasses say, and he said this, and and I couldn't. He said, "We're burning the mid." And no, I know what it was. We can't we can't make any money with digital. This was last spring. We can't make any money with digital. Thirty days later, the same brain surgeon says, "We're burning the midnight oil on this digital thing." That's 30 days, you know, he's suddenly got religion, and it's years, man, since yeah. digital has really been. 
Adam right. Kroll is the greatest story of all. Adam was fired by uh, CBS as a local host, and now Adam is doing a podcast, and he's making uh, a very high six figures a year on the ad revenue. And just like us. Just yeah. like uh, they, they are, folks. You don't know where I am right now, but you we would be jealous. Diamonds. You've yeah. seen Scrooge McDuck's uh, money, money pool, yes. right? Well, We're broadcasting from there. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the spa. I'm in the, spa. <laughs> I'm in the kid pool right now. But uh, so... And result is that the uh, you you can't ignore it. And and Clear Channel has basically raised the white flag of surrender on spoken word. They've invested all their money in music. They have their app, you know, their iHeartRadio yeah. app, which means here now you can listen to our shit even if you're in Mongolia because you have an app, you know, which is basically all the music that you want us to hear. Clear Channel, which you've given us for years, and also the same dog shit talk radio, you know. Mm-hmm. With all due respect to anybody that works there that I really like, like Jay Moore, your good guy, Jay, and Jim Rome. Well, Jim's at CBS, so forget that. <laughs> uh, you know. So, yeah. And, and uh, I'm grateful that we do have the podcast uh, platform. I'm grateful that it's being monetized. I'm grateful mm-hmm. that we have uh, uh, guys out there that are humping and, make, and, and, and selling ads. I'm grateful yeah. that we have subscribers. I make more money today from my subscription base than I made in the six previous years in radio. Really? Yeah, because wow. I was working for TRN, which is that's a whole other story. But yeah. the last six years I was on a terrestrial platform, I was with a company that was really the bottom of the barrel. And so I, I had to find a way to make another uh, 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 revenue stream, as we call it. And mm-hmm. our subscribers, God bless every last one of them, um, created our business for us. And uh, as a result... That's amazing. That's great. Is. And now... Um, just as you guys are discovering and, and everybody else, you know, if, you, if you've got the product, you can draw the ad dollars. And it's, it's cool. I, I don't even know. Do you guys even know where this is going, man? I mean, I see a guy in his car with sort of a touch screen. He loads up all the podcasts that he loves. If he's driving from here to San Francisco, yeah. loads up every podcast that he loves in row and boom, just sets it yeah. off. You know? I mean, that's like, I mean, for, for me, it's like I don't get to listen to as many as I'd like to because, like, I don't, I don't have a commute, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if I did, and like the few times I have driven to San Francisco for the festival stuff, right. or for holidays, and my family's up north or whatever, and we've got six hours or five and a half hours of uninterrupted drive time, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. My, my wife and I plowed through cereal. Yeah. Like we just did it, like drive up, watch, listen to the first half, drive yeah. back, listen to the rest. We're done. But it's, we never would have done it otherwise. I'm not going to sit in my apartment and turn on cereal and just sit there probably. No. But if I have something that's going to, you know, if I worked in a cubicle and I was allowed to put on here, you know, headphones for the day while I was working on other stuff, I would listen to podcasts all the time. Yeah. That and, kind of and stuff. The radio platform was, uh, and it's all on, everybody loves the on-demand aspect. Yeah, you it. can have yep. a la carte exactly what you're interested in. And I, I get, especially to different sensibilities, there's something kind of yucky about that. Like, I know it's, to some, like, people with a little more old school mindset, it's like, why do you need to have the whole series at once? Everybody binge listens to everything. But it is kind of great. Like, you can find out what you like. You can listen to that. You don't have to sit through people selling you stuff in the traditional ways. You right. don't have to have, like, whatever corporate says. You kind of get to feel yeah. really intimately involved with the things you love. And that's yeah. awesome. If you have the time. Ask an old-timer if they don't get it. Ask them, hey, if you had every episode of Perry Mason, would you sit down and watch that? Yeah. Uh, the answer would be yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. End to end. Yeah. What, uh, so back when you were a DJ, which is for a long time, was there a record that you had to spin that made you absolutely nuts that you just couldn't well, stand spinning? I mean, obviously the joke has always been Stairway to Heaven because that was just ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, the other joke is put on a long track because you can take a piss and go smoke a joint. Yeah. Right. Like in memory of Elizabeth Reed. I know all of them, you know. Here's the doors, the end. Yeah, See the you end. guys in 30 minutes. <clears throat> Although we didn't play the end because he talked about having sex with his mother, and I put that in a very liberal sense. <laughs> um, it's, it's the Oedipal, you know, the end is a massive song of, of Oedipal rage and, you know, crazy stuff. Uh, which, by the way, I just read a quote. Uh, David Crosby on Twitter said that Jim Morrison was a horrible guy. Now... That may be, mm-hmm. but I liked his music, Morrison's, more than David Crosby's. <laughs> so, um, I like Crosby, Stills, and that. The song would be, the uh, depending upon the format, but for album rock, when I was in album rock, it was probably the overall Stairway to Heaven on any given day. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, Fear the Reaper. That one yeah. was played a lot. Play a <laughs> yeah, and then there would be... Uh, dun, 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 dun. 
Lord, I was born rambling. You know, <laughs> that made me want to commit homicide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and then um, uh, later on, it became my Sharona. That I wanted to throw somebody through a window on that one. It's so funny. That song just came up oh, with oh. Todd Glass too. Yeah, and then the other one that uh, when I first got to L.A. and I was working at the K West was, which is what Power One Hundred Six is today, and we had a horrible, horrible, horrible program director and music director. And you're and kicking he's here off. today. Let's bring him out. Come on in, Tom. No, um, you'd kick off Friday night, six p.m. You're at an album rock station, and what's at the top of the guy? What's at the top? Linda Ronstadt's version of Ooh Baby Baby, not even Smokey Robinson. Oh my gosh. And, and I remember Steve Downs was doing the show, I was leaving, he was going, Yeah, we're kicking ass now. It used to just make us want to throw all the records out the window <laughs> and, and start all over again, yeah. So Nice. Well let's do let's do first. Okay. Great. We do a different first every podcast from life. This awesome. kind of ties in with the uh the sort of with everything. Uh what was the first prank call you can remember making in your life when you were a kid or whatever? Like, oh, you... I was very, very young, and I was calling all over the world. I discovered that you could dial any area code <gasps> and call Cairo, Egypt. I have my parents never said a word. <laughs> my father never said a word. But I, I was just calling. I called one lady uh, in town. This wasn't a uh, long distance, and I pretended like I was the KRLA was running a, a contest. If you would have said the name, I don't know, say Buster Keaton, you would have won eleven dollars and ten cents. That was what they used to do in those days. They'd give you the amount of money that the frequency was, and back then, eleven dollars and ten cents was probably, like, your rent. Three million dollars, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, you know. So somebody answered, and I said, I'm sorry if you'd said, and I think I said something like uh, whatever the little kid goofy word at the time was, probably, you know. Pinochle. P- penis or something. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, if you would have said penis, you would have won. <laughs> Click. So that was it, yeah. Um, so we did a bunch of those, you know, pretending we were DJs. Nice. And I never called up a radio station, um... And said, like, as soon as I got on the air, said, you know, F you, F you, F you, F you. I never, I never did that, no. I was too much in awe and too respectful of that. I was like, I wanted to do that someday. Had you been yeah. a fan of radio from... Since I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, since the time we were driving to Canada to visit my grandparents, I was five years old. We left California on a... My, I can't believe my parents did this with four kids Whoa. in a f- Mercury sedan oh. all the way across America in my August. Oh, my gosh. And we drove to Canada. But I remember, this is how small I was. I was standing up and leaning on the front seat. And, you know, my father was awake and I was awake. Everybody else was asleep. And it's the middle of the night and you're driving through the desert. And I'm listening to these radio stations fading in and out, you know. And I remember thinking, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. Listen to that guy. He's he's like, and the temperature in Boise right now is 63 (laughs) degrees, you know. And I thought... That guy is like talking to me through the through the dead of night and making all these really cool sounds with music and commercials and stuff. So I wanted to find out what that was. You know, oh, that's great. Yeah. That's a great memory. Yeah, yeah. And, and and later on, Emperor Hudson, who was on the air here in L.A. at KRLA, would talk about being in the leopard skin room. You know, and come on in here, Rosie, and rub yourself against me. We'll make fire and all this <laughs> shit. So I rode my bike there. I was eleven years old, and I. And I thought I'd see a leopard skin room, oh. and I walked into the lobby, and there's a guy in his bedroom slippers and a sweatshirt at this magnificent broadcast array, and I wasn't disappointed. I was, I was, I was tripping out. I was thrilled. I was like, "Look what this cat just had me make! I believe oh he was my a leopard gosh, skin room. Built a whole world. Room. He yeah. built this whole thing up, man." So yeah, I, I, I was, I didn't want to do anything else other than be a writer. Yeah, I wanted to be Allen Ginsberg or Jack Kerouac, and then also go and do it. Nice. Like that, I think the synthesis of that would have been me being a jazz jock, probably. Mm. Right. I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by <laughs> madness. All right, here is Herbie Mann. You know, something like that. Yeah. You know. What about you, Vanessa? What was your first prank call? My first prank call, I think it would have been at slumber parties with girls. Just classic calling that cute boy in class. Uh, <laughs> but I would, I mean, all you do is like giggle and hang up really fast. And. I just remember like the feeling of my face on fire when it was my turn to make the call because I wasn't like that into boys. I was more into like I wanted to just be funny and weird, but I wanted yeah. to fit in with the girls. And so I remember just failing really badly at that. Like everyone else is like, hey, you know, like so cute. And I'm like, hey. Like, 
trying you to be funny. Do, you yeah. Want to do a joke call and then right. the girls are just like <gasps> mortified. <laughs> Why would you do that to Carrie James? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I was pretending to be a monster. Uh, I gotta go. Bye. Nice. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure I did the. Carrie cl- wanted to know later. You know, who is that sexy baby? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'm sure I did like the classic. Like, is your refrigerator running? Is you have Prince Albert in a can? Like all that <laughs> bullshit. But. But I, but the one I can remember being like something that we thought was great is my my friend had this like PC an old PC that you realized you could type in words and that it would read it back like in a robot voice. Yeah. So <laughs> we would type things in and we would call people and then wait till we could get an a-, a message machine so we could leave a message. And so what we would do is we would leave a machine that like messages that'd be like, "Hello, Mr. Johnson. This mm. is Macy's. The." Lingerie set you ordered is in stock. <laughs> oh yeah, right, Please right. pick it up immediately. <laughs> Thank so, you. So his wife hears that. So thing. yes, and they make <laughs> lose, lose their minds since that, you were man. five years old. That's right. <laughs> we, we thought it was hilarious. <laughs> your, your generation, you had the voice machine, the answering machine. We didn't have that. Man. Yeah. We had to hope somebody answered. <laughs> I had a friend of mine that did a great little kid voice, uh, Rick Garrett, and he go, "Hello, mommy." Hello, mommy. Like that, and and I would watch him do this. And he really had some women going, what's wrong, honey? Well, with my mommy. I don't know my mommy. Oh, honey, well, well, put your head between your knees. And, you know. Oh, and, and my gosh. Some crude thing. <laughs> For me, it was just high comedy. Man. I, never, I never did that, though. I never did the fake voice thing because... Yeah, that was just... You I found a way to do it later. It. Later on, I did. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Make up for lost time. Just fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, let's do my question thing, okay. which is going to be uh, build a movie. We do these sometimes where we uh, we all go around and we build a movie together, fictitionally. Like, it can be any actors, any mm. time period or whatever. Uh, this is like, let's build the perfect campus comedy movie that takes place at a college radio station. This used to be a genre, sort of, a long time ago. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of been retired. They take over the station. Yeah, they take over the station and have... the dean all kinds of names. Yeah, exactly. That kind of thing. The animal so, House at the radio station exactly so let's build that movie together um it takes place uh at a small uh college i, w- I want to say some- somewhere on like like in maine or something somewhere far east far east it, east coast okay um yeah so that's where it takes place um well we got to have funny guys in it then huh yep i would think so uh i would you know the dude that did the radio movie in england and i don't know his name he did a really funny radio movie in england oh for, never mind this is maine so um, <laughs> we can have him who is it? Do you know? I don't I know. I feel like Cole fun, knows. The funniest goddamn radio movie I've ever seen. Really? Yeah, and it just came out like two years ago. Oh, wait. I do know what you're talking it's about. the funniest um, movie I've ever seen when so it comes to radio. Um, God, what through the that? rabbit hole we go. Yeah, I know. And now we're all on our phones looking this up. Mm-hmm. But, well, you're looking for that. Yeah. Um, well, <clears throat> the, you got to get the on-air staff would have to be... Uh, uh, just uh, a bunch of fucking guns. I mean, I would probably want uh, Harlan uh, Williams in there somewhere. And uh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, oh, Harlan, yeah. Harlan would be great. Yeah, and I, and I put in. Um, uh, I, I think I, my friend Jimmy Pardo, I think would be would make a great oh, station yeah. manager. You know, he's he's <laughs> a, he's about to melt down a little bit because yeah, they've been be great station they've been told they've told him that like yeah. they had to, even though it's college radio, he has to bring his ratings up a little bit because they're not <laughs> selling ads and he's yeah. losing his mind because they're going to change the See format. What you guys are doing okay. Were you thinking of pirate radio? No, oh, not okay. pirate radio. Although um, that's um, what I was thinking. I put in pi- a radio British movie and nothing. Yeah, this is a funny. When you find it, and I, I could go on forever about it, and I can't. God, and I just found it by mistake. Uh, I probably want to have. Um, I probably would want to have Andy Richter in there. I think Andy would be good um, uh, as uh, as maybe the you know as Andy would be really funny as like um, one of the air guys. Um. Then you need also the uh, campus uh, t- goody two shoes, don't you? you? Have to have some dude who's like. Uh, and we gotta have know, some hot ladies mixing it up. Some hot ladies, yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Well, it's been. Let's put Jennifer l- Lawrence in there. It's been a long time her. since I've been allowed to think that way. Um, <laughs> no, uh, Jennifer, you're just a casting director, man. It's fine. Well, as long as we're on the <laughs> subject. Uh, so there's there's a fresh, Amy, uh, there's a freshman at Amy the college. Adams has got to be in there too. Huh? Oh, oh she's yeah. In, yeah. There's a freshman at the college who's just like he's just dreamed of getting into radio his whole life, and he ends up in the, kind of in the middle of something. He's sort of the hero of the piece. The hero of the piece, you yeah. know, who like kind of gets his manhood by the end of the thing and ends up being great on air. And he's the love. In- Jennifer Lawrence plays his love interest. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah, perfect. All right, Chris, right. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Is he young enough? Is he young enough? Yeah, he is. He I think he can play young. it. Okay. Yeah, I feel, let's go. Oh, yeah. Let's put. Oh, wait, we should really do uh, Ryan Gosling uh, is Potato because. Oh, well, Channing would be great as the 
as the bad. Yeah, he would be better as the bad. Type, cool we, don't, dude. we don't want to typecast him. You know, we could put glasses on him and make it. it could, we can do what, to him Maybe. what they always do to women: like have glasses on him in the first half, so he seems dorky, and then he takes him off, and everyone's like surprised. What if really was, the, was the overnight classical music guy who gets caught up in all this shit? Ooh, you know? that's yeah. good. Yeah. And here, what are you guys trying to? And do he's like anyway? type A a yeah. little bit. Yeah. But I he's also that. like maybe an offensive tackle on the. T- there were guys like that, like Mike Rita's Cincinnati Bengals during the season. He's an offensive tackle in the off season. He played piano in the Cincinnati Philharmonic. Oh my yeah. god! It would be kind of cool to have Channing Tatum. Dream play. man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so they all take it over. Yeah, and, and uh, how about, how about uh, um, uh, McConaughey? Matt, Matt McConaughey. As uh, oh, he could have been an ex fraternity brother that lives just off campus. Yeah, and like the ruckus is bothering him, but then he gets back into it. Then he gets back out. into it. Yeah, and then he right. kind of, you know, hey, hold on for a minute, okay? He's kind of interceding. Yeah, maybe. yeah. yeah. <laughs> the older brother of somebody. Uh, We're gonna call it dialed up. Oh, that's, yeah. that's good. That's the kind of title that they get away with because it's just not specific enough. Well, that but sort of ties into radio with the dial. So dialed up yeah. is what it'll be called, and. Uh, yeah, and of course the soundtrack will be the big thing. They're going to try to bring the soundtrack back because, like, that used to be a thing when a movie came out. This you right. buy the soundtrack; it was really integral to it. Stairway to Heaven. Now metal it's, track. Oh, I know. The music <laughs> is going to have to be like it's going to have to be metal. Oh yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be thirty six crazy fists. It's going to have to be like uh, <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah, it'd be great. It would it would have to also have uh, you know like. Uh, Kings 810, and then put throw some hip-hop in. Yeah. So I think if you had hip-hop and metal, you would have the absolutely oh baddest-ass soundtrack going. And there's a scene where Channing is trying to do his thing with classical music, yeah. and they're playing hip-hop in the other, and yeah. they start melding together into this perfect medley, we and it's do- like so good, and then he Uh-oh. starts dancing. Yeah, yeah. Whoa! And, that, and that's Just like... Most, most, most rude hip-hop, some Lil Wayne... And then you jam that, you smash that up with, yeah. And somebody from who's listening is like happened to turn on the dial because they put it on is like some guy who works at a label pretty high up oh, and yeah. agrees to like to this to, is it. to yeah, yeah this exactly is the new and says I'll form I'll, I'll the label will pay the staff the fees for the thing. Oh, All right, yay. Kevin can do it. Kevin, Kevin's Kevin, Kevin can do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the the label will pay for the radio station to stay. Up and working with you guys running it, and yeah, also else? the nerd guy becomes like Channing, he becomes Channing a, becomes pretty hip. Yeah. Channing even gets up on stage. Maybe we can even hire. Maybe they'll be in the movie like somebody like uh, Hell yeah, it'd be great. Oh, that would be so those fun. dudes are like Dallas metal. <laughs> <laughs> so Channing's up there popping around with with, with in a uh, sweater yeah, vest, in a sweater vest. Nice. Oh my gosh! Throws the glasses off and then finds, and everyone's you know, like, and he takes and his shirt off and, and like accidentally he was ripped. The there whole it is, time. man. Right. Yeah. All right, we got it dialed up. I think. I would really see this movie. Oh, hell by yeah. the way, yeah. Said, hell yeah. yeah. You know. Somebody, in. somebody, get busy on the script. Except I yeah. want to be in. I'm it sure Rick as, will make a poster. I want to be in it as a, um, as a, um, like a Bull Connor type. No, just <laughs> fire hoses. <laughs> yeah, I'll just go on back in the cattle front. Now you're you're a janitor at the station, maybe, and yeah, janitor, uh, yeah. and you you don't say a single thing until yeah. like there's a fight, there's like a fist fight going on, yeah. and there's dead air, and you're just like cleaning nearby, and so then you sit down and just start like, hello, yeah, you're listening to the mellifluous rhythm. Maybe he's got this, this yeah, gold he's voice. this gold voice. The day. Saves the day. Oh, I love. All right, that. let's check it out. Thirty six crazy fists. Hey, coming up. Hey, this weekend, you know, at the stadium. You know, bringing them back. So they're, they're literally in the middle of fist fighting, and then all of a sudden they like hear what's coming over the speakers, and they yeah. just like what? Stop and five finger death punch. <laughs> and yeah. then as soon as you're off the air, we just hear your keys jangle yeah. as you walk away. You see, in the, oh. the silhouette of a guy pushing a garbage can. He didn't yeah. even need anything. He just did it for the love of just it. Just did it for oh. the love of it. Save that shit while this fist fight was going on. Oh my god! We just gave anybody listening, uh, and we know you are. Yep. Uh, the, that's the, like giving you a million idea. dollars. Yeah, it's a million yeah. dollars. However, it has been registered with the Writers Guild. Now, so just I'm, contact uh, us for rights. <laughs> yeah, right. Look it up. <laughs> with the WGA. Hey. Uh, all right, Vanessa, your questions. Okay, have you ever met an Olsen twin? I haven't. Mm. I do know their attorney. Their, attor- their corporate attorney is my corporate attorney. Oh, really? Gary Rattet. Yeah, the good guy's downtown. I got Figueroa Avenue attorneys. Ooh. We don't know West Side You're attorneys. You're doing got downtown well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, like they're, they're, they're more cutthroat, I think. <laughs> right. Never have. Uh, okay, if you had to live as any character you voiced for three years, who would you live as? For three whole years. Three whole years. And it can be, it doesn't have to be one of your own. It could be something, someone you've done in animation as well. Well, um, 
I would love to. Chris Norton is such a douchebag, but he, he, I, I got to believe he really does get all that sex. It seems like, his <laughs> life, it, it seems like Chris, and I created him, so yeah. but it seems like Chris's life is just spent at the beach having sex with a lot of women that want him to have sex with them and drinking rum and coke. I mean, how bad oh, can that be? Oh, that's a good choice. I, just he's hanging at, at Redondo. And, and all, the only thing he has to put up with is probably every now and again he gets chased down by some angry boyfriend somewhere and escapes with his life. Right. <laughs> good deal with that. You know. um, in terms of animated characters or anybody like that, um, God, I don't want to be a terrorist, you know. Uh, I'd have to think about it. I, but probably choice. Jewel Jewel Crawford from King of the Hill. I played oh. I played Peggy's attorney at one time, you know, so yeah. foghorn leghorn type. <laughs> but he had the vest, and they got to be loaded, you know. So wouldn't I say? Wouldn't I? Say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now I say Peggy. You know. <laughs> okay, this is you've angered a wizard, and he's giving you a choice between two punishments. Uh-oh. Either you must prank everyone dear to you once a day on rotation, like. It's one person per day for a full year, but they're kind of bad pranks. Like, you have to think of a uh, kind of evil one. frightening thing to do to someone you love for a year. Um, or you uh, can't fuck with people for five years at all. <laughs> <laughs> you can't fuck with people for five years. <laughs> you mean professionally or uh, when I you mean, say you, fuck with people like, uh, on my show or anything? I, I, as much as possible. You just got to be real straight on the table. No I can't, if, so any, any humor has to be straight ahead. Uh, yeah, not... Uh, Oh, that would be like not being me. Yeah, you, you just have to have put to the, the sweater vest on and oh, <laughs> be vanilla or frighten those closest to you for a year. Well, you know what? I would choose the five years. Really? Yeah, because it's probably better karma. So it's a selfish thing. Yeah, but ultimately. The, the karma ultimately is way better. <laughs> and uh, that, that would be me, you know, uh, because... Um, that, that's that's kind of the way I'm thinking these days too. You know, I guess maybe the older you get, the more you start thinking like, "Fuck it." You know, I, yeah. I I would rather somebody. I would rather like do something that's gonna make someone else happy. I, I don't know if that's a part of getting older or just I'm just cool. <laughs> but uh, you know, I would probably would choose the five I years. Think that's a great. Answer. I'd have to find a new way of being. You know, what's wrong with yeah. that? Well, <laughs> and I, I I make up these dumb questions all the time, but sometimes I do start to think about them and like the kind of challenge that would present. What you're putting on people, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I try to think yeah. about like what is that like for them. <laughs> but imagine at the end of those years, like all the new material you would have generated with a whole new point of view that you, you would have to live. Yeah, you would. And so then, yeah. Maybe. You know, the other thing is we never think we're capable of a lot of stuff that we are capable of, and we oh, never yeah. know where it's going to take us. And I think that. Yeah, man, I'll, I'll try it. I, I don't want to hurt anybody. Well, I always think it's funny when people say things like, oh, I have a type A personality, and then they like just behave in a way that's unpleasant to others. Because, yeah. But yeah. it's like, you could actually change that. You can. Yeah. You know? yeah, exactly. Like, you just saying it doesn't give Something you a like a blood pass. type. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. No, I hear totally. that's a really good point. Totally. Yeah. Well, you just have to, I'm sorry, I'm sociopathic, so right. I don't give right. a shit I'm about a sociopath. You. I can't help it. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for the heads up. Um, okay, what fight have you had on air as characters? Like, you versus a caller or even with a real caller and one of your characters that would be most frightening to have in real life oh a uh, guy called one time Chris Norton was on the air and he was talking about it. and Chris was saying well, this is pretty obvious but Chris was saying probably Chris is the guy that's inspired that uh, he was saying that he could have sex with a woman and he was so good that if the husband walked in on him having sex with his wife, he'd be able to talk the guy down and chill it out and explain to him that it's okay. Oh, my because, gosh. Because, you know, she doesn't love... I mean, it's not about love. It's about sass. <laughs> she, just, she just wanted the sass. She loves you, man. <laughs> well, Gross. one of the dudes... A dude called up and goes, you know what I'd do to you, man? Oh, uh, here, let me... Let's, let's, and, I, and I go as the host, let's psychodrama this, okay? Uh-huh. Chris, what do you say to him? Uh, it's okay, man. Uh, you know, she. You know, I'm just having sex with her. It's okay. And the dude goes, "Fuck you!" Like that. <laughs> the next guy to call simply said, "I'd blow your fucking head off." No, he, he said, "I'd blow the top of your head off." I blow the top of your head off. Gross. Wow. Uh, that's <laughs> I don't want to fuck with your face, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I, but I began to think about it, and what I, what little I know about that is, the gun would go here, so your the top would oh, go off. Yeah. Yuck. So I thought, that's a scary thing. Yeah. And I wouldn't want that. 
So the whole thing about me wanting to be Chris Norton, yeah, maybe I don't think so. Because yeah. <laughs> I'd have to be him as well as have his good life, and uh, you know, I'd have to have his logic. You know. uh, um, and his sass, though. The yeah, sass but, would be but the, the, good the, set, the sass is good because of my sassal energy. <laughs> you know, yeah. It, oh, yeah. I love him. Um, okay, this is your last one. Okay. And it's called Radio Personality Cage Match. Uh-oh. You and a partner of your choosing fight two other radio talents. So who's on your team and who do you fight? Uh, for physical prowess or who I really admire on the air? Uh, physical prowess. I mean, you can play well, it that'd any be way. Bubba, that'd be Bubba the Love Sponge. <laughs> me and Bubba. Who I and also like Bubba on the air. He's a crazy, crazy show. Um, so it'd be me and Bubba probably versus some... Um, you know, people that I think are, they're probably nice people, but they're just the death of our business. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, people like, uh, uh, you know, G. Gordon Liddy and Michael Medved, something like that. You and Bubba taking them down? Me and Bubba take them down. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, Bubba, you go do it. <laughs> I'll be here when you're done. If you need any water. Yeah, oh. Right. That's awesome. That would be it. I mean, I had nothing personal. I just, you know. You know I yeah. love it. Yeah. Thank you. We you don't did need it. no more yeah. of that mess. I can tell you that. <laughs> well, you made it all the way f- through, Phil. I have a blast. Uh, Thank you. People uh, should go to thephilhenryshow.com and uh, check it out. You subscribe. can subscribe. Get a backstage pass, yeah. There there you go. Go. Were you at the Irvine Improv? In, uh, well, I was there last night. Don't you go there pretty regularly? Uh, no, not really. Oh, uh, really. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But uh, the next thing we're going to do is I don't know when. Okay. Probably Sketchfest next year. <laughs> there you go. There you go. No, uh, or the podcast festival. But. Uh, yeah, they can check us out, and we also are certainly our podcasts are available um, on SoundCloud, iTunes, and other fine stores near you. There you go. Yeah. Uh, you're also on Twitter. Oh, and F is for family. When that uh, finally we just did uh, completed a series with uh, Bill Burr's great talent, F is for family. Oh wow! And that's also starring Laura Dern and um, oh my gosh. some really great people. And that nice. should be happening next season. Awesome. Uh, you know, on Netflix. Oh, great! Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's my favorite way to get it all. There you beautiful, go. Yeah. Place beautiful to go. Thing. Beautiful uh, money, you know. Not a lot, not enough, but... Uh, but it's real pretty. Get by. It's very pretty. Very it's nice dollar. Uh, follow Phil on Twitter at RealPhilHendry. Dot com. Uh, we're on there as well, at Cole Stratton. At yes. The podcast is at PMC Podcast. Thank you guys for listening, and thank you so much for being here, Phil. I had a blast. Yay. Thanks, guys. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening.